race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is the assistant to the assistant to the regional manager, Jacob. Does that also make me the regional manager? <sighs> Maybe. You have to take the challenge. <laughs> we'll see. So did you uh, have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, I was crazy. I am now a homeowner. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, it just made me realize today that like Jim and Pam, as we've had this show, I have gotten married, had a child, cough, my dog, acquired a house, though I did have spouse approval. Technically, she did it. And uh, yeah, I too have lived the Jim and Pam life. Next up to create a enterprise that may tear the family apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's called Broken Jars Broadcasting. <laughs> It will not be very successful. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I will easily abandon the fan here in Scranton. <laughs> yeah, it was good. How about, so, so that being said, how about yours? How was yours? Pretty good. Had uh, had family come up and that was my parents and grandparents. I you know, showed them around small towns. This big Chris light up uh, at a town near here. Took them out there. And they- That's nice. That's a lot more uh, holiday appropriate, it sounds like. I'm just like so far away from the Christmas because now I have to move into an entire house. Yeah, that's about But when (laughs) you get the chance, Klaus on Netflix. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, that's... It's it's a uh, hand animated and everything. It's really you got it. I know we got the we got the Disney Plus now too. So that's been a whole thing. Oh. Like we're trying to move and we'll watch every freaking Disney cartoon we remember from our youths, and we're different ages. We have different youths. <laughs> man, I I got hooked on the Mandalorian quick. Oh yeah, it's uh, man. Someone should do a podcast about that show. <laughs> I'm sure people. I'm sure. I know. They, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. Jacob, let me tell you. That's the thing. Everybody thinks they can start a podcast about a TV show, but no. You need to watch the show a lot and record about the show in free. That's the trick. <laughs> we nailed it. Forget Jenna Fisher. Forget Angela. Forget everybody who talked about Game of Thrones, who's looking forward to the next season of Westworld. We are it, people. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Had to get out of my system. I felt it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, for the most part, we've actually been pretty consistent with our recordings. Yeah. You know, aside from some, you know, we, for those of you who are listening from the very beginning, you know, we, uh, we used to try to cover four episodes an episode. So we'd be releasing like two and a half hour episodes every two weeks. This is much more manageable for everybody involved, yeah. <laughs> both listeners and recorders. Devin, that's the next to last episode. I know. For so if, if you, yeah. So if you're listening to this from the future, you know, not 2019, but 2099, which is the future of the 616 universe, if you read Marvel comics, but whatever, be sure to donate to our Patreon, a hundred space credits or whatever you got over there. (laughs) And we'll know, okay, we've left an impression. Okay. So first up we have season nine, 21, the dream directed by Jeffrey Blitz. So, so these, so these two episodes, long episodes. I'm going to just say at the top, as I will say with my rating at the end, they were all a little long. Yeah, especially this one. 
Yeah, I think it really they, it feels like they um they had more content or they they had too much content for a single episode, but not enough for a double a double stuff up. Yeah, I mean, part of me can see NBC being like, "It's the end of your very long running successful show. Please take the last three episodes as like hour longs." And the writers were like, "But we only write in half hour segments." Right. So so they're like, "Okay, let's just not cut as much." So what I noticed in this episode were a lot of like uh, season one long, quiet, awkward pauses. Yeah. Be- because they had the time to fill, and I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But um, similarly, they could have cut those, and we could have had less of. Right. Okay, so sweeping storylines. Jim and Pam, happy. Yeah, uh, Jim has decided to take a break from athlete uh, because it was tearing the family apart. Um, and it does seem to be going well, though uh, Jim has to sit in the annex. Right. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's kind of like a, a little bit of a throwback to Ryan, right, when Jim comes back from Stanford. Right. Uh, you know, Ryan had taken his desk and was like, well, you know, I worked my way to it. So, right, right. So, that's a, so like, there's a couple of different storylines running through. So, um, we see Angela's having a really rough go of things. Yes. Uh, she's day drinking and like covered in cat hair. The, the city took away two bags worth of cats. Yeah, not to, you know, I think we talked about this little last episode, but it's just kind of weird to see how far Angela falls. Seems excessive. It seems like she lived on her, I assume, this much salary or whatever before the senator. And it just seems like she wouldn't have to crash and burn like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I I have family out in that area now. So I'm comparatively to like my city living uh you know price cost of living that's it uh it's it's affordable out there comparatively and angela being a full-time manager of a department should be fine out right. there you know and so also too like at this point she must be divorced from the senator like a proper divorce and she's right. not getting any child support either right um just, it's just next crazy. episode somebody says something about her actually Got it, right. Yeah, so so it's just weird that she'd be left so in, in squabbles. I mean, even for the sake of the senator's image of supporting, like, his ex-family. Right. I feel like, you know, it would be bad if she looks so nuts up. Right, and yeah, so I just don't get it. It's one of those yeah. things, that no matter how hard I try, yeah. I cannot figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Okay, okay. I'm going to wait till next episode to say this. So that's that. Um, What else is going on? Okay, Dwight is, um, you know, Dwight's been doing this thing since last episode where he's accepted that he's not going to get the manager job. Right. So he's like really just trying to live his best life, right? Like what he's got and he just wants to bask in it. And one of those things is receiving his black belt from his new sensei. That's right. Uh, Who is some dude from the Sonos. I don't know. You feel like... Having lived in the same town where that stripper bar was from The Sopranos, I know these people's names, but they're all they're all Italian dudes. It's hard, right? So, like, and granted, I'm not up on this this style of martial arts, but 20 years to get a black belt, right? Um, so uh, maybe I missed it this time around um, because Dwight. It took him 20 years. Like he had been training with the previous sensei for 20 years to get a black belt. Yes, that's what was being said, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I always figured it's because Dwight legitimately is not a black belt quality fighter. Maybe not. Yeah. It's like, it's not a time frame thing. It's like a, you earn it, but whatever. Not to talk about my Asian ancestry. Yeah. So he's getting his black belt from this new guy. Um, 
Andy is having some thoughts about his career, namely how it won't be at Dunder Mifflin and will be in Hollywood. Right. Um, coincidentally, David Wallace is heading to the office to have a very important conversation with Andy. You're firing. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are the big ones. But yeah, so company money on a printer that, and I quote, <laughs> is good for headshots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we know that Andy was on thin ice and David goes to this thing of all these things he's been doing, including the printer, and he's, he's there to fire it. But we don't find this out until like half the episode because the first half of the episode is Andy literally asking everybody in the office if he should leave. Right, and everybody says... Yeah, nobody even does like the butt kissing. Oh, you're, you're talented thing. Like everybody's like, don't do this. So, you know, we know Andy's leaving. David's showing up and having this uh, parallel dream, both of them. I need to fire Andy. I need to quit Dunder Mifflin. Kind of works out for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so back with, I mean, yeah, the, the Angela storyline isn't a lot. It's essentially, she's just kind of gross and irritable, eventually leading to Oscar offering her a place to stay with him. Right. right. Positive of gaming. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, again, we don't have to bring it up for this episode, but uh, it's a nice moment because those two have been very close and they've had a lot of these, yeah, I mean, you know, Angela and Oscar were intertwined during Gay Witch Hunt. Uh, right. They're clearly the the mom and dad of the accounting department. Um, and there's always been some kind of like odd. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know they had these nice moments. Um, was it the the return or whatever when Dwight comes back from like <laughs> quitting for a day or two, where uh, she cries and invites Oscar to be part of the party planning committee. So like they've had these like. I feel like the animosity that you said is kind of t- deeply tied to their affection toward each other, like platonically. <laughs> super straight right wing lady and a super gay dude. They're not dating, but um, so having this uh, offer of like a uh, peace, this you know, it's it's nice. It's a very nice. Uh, what else is there? So so uh, yeah, the gym thing is weird too, because I don't think that go- that goes a lot of places. But he's sitting in the annex and. We're reminded that he, uh, him, him, and Pete are like nothing, else, right. even though he's new Jim. Um, we get to see this weird parallel, and I'm sorry, I'm going like way off your notes, but as I talked, as I'm like talking about it, I'm like, there's like very little substance in this episode aside from the Andy thing, you know. But uh, we see this parallel between Aaron and Pete and uh, Jim and Pam. The, the ladies are wearing like the pink cardigans and stuff, and right, and they, they like we should double date. It- it's like about thursday they're like oh we can't do thursday and she's like oh forget about it never mind it turns off and- yeah i know that scene felt like really weird uh because it leads nowhere right this kind of hits my point of it feel, felt like they were tossing things in to try and meet them right like because maybe there was a whole aaron storyline in this episode that was cut but for some reason they kept this one bit of it you know yeah maybe it's yeah um right. yeah but that's it i mean also it kind of seems like and maybe I was not in the right headspace, but like it felt like there was a lot of insinuation that they'd be like fooling around at work. Um, like I don't know the way Pam is like, "I'll see you back there" or whatever, and then like Jim, uh, like goading her, saying like they have to do something while she has to re-remember a question she forgot to ask him or some crap, you know? Right. But it was just weird because like Toby's there, Pete's there. It's like uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. But that's fine. I don't know. But Kevin would have loved it. 
they didn't have to go to Kevin's part of the office, but he would have been a big fan of that talk. <laughs> what, what does he say when Pam's dressed up uh, accidentally as a librarian because of her glasses? <laughs> she please, uh, these books do back to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, he would have loved it. Anyway, so that's that. But they are on the up and up. Nothing, nothing shaky in this episode for them, right? Right, because, you know, Jim is just focusing on Dunder. So I guess Wallace just... Yeah, well, because it did seem like Wallace... I mean, I, I get. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was making the same salary, if it were hourly salary, I guess, um, but then cut based on the hours he was working. Right. So, so him, yeah, coming in the full days. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, he's a valuable salesman for them. Right. It's just that was just like glossed over. He was yeah. half time, and now he. Yeah, I mean, David and Jim, I think, generally have been very friendly. You know. Oh, for sure. I mean, you have um, like cocktail party and they're out shooting. Yeah, you know, he was probably getting that job in New York. Yep, yep. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of any time where I recall David specifically being mad at Jim, and I really can't. No. So I, I feel like, yeah, that probably just, it happened, and it's not worth mentioning. There's uh, a great bit with Dwight where four new deadly weapons in this office. Thrasher, basher, crasher, and fireball. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I will say just the last thing about Jim and Pam is then we find out the big news about athlete, right? Right. That someone wants to buy them out and expand their territory. They want to take so that 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 happens at the very end of the episode, though. Well, right, um, right, right, right. I'm just I'm getting my episodes. Pam eventually does feel bad for this way because, like, she's in the bathroom when Daryl tells Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's like, I can't do this, Pam, and she feels bad. That, she, that really plays into the next episode, and yeah, one of the more. Yeah iconic scene in the entire series i think you know and i think this uh it's interesting to have pam hear that you know because part of the tough stuff in this season is like the miscommunication between jim and pam right, right. Uh, pam doesn't fully understand what jim's doing over there and jim doesn't understand the pressure that pam's under at home so to have it be jim who gets like a big thing happen and pam be the one to have the extra information like and not the other way right mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting way to tell that story for sure. But uh, yeah, so, so that happens. So that's big, but Jim decides to stay. Um, and then really, okay. So the Andy thing, he, despite everybody's insistence that he won't make it, he tells David that he wants to quit. David totally supports it. He's like, no problem. And then um, yeah, for some reason he asks like one more person. I forget who that last person is, but it's the person that puts him over. Right, because everyone's coming in, they're like, Angela, oh, it was Aaron that he asked. And yeah. He's like, no, I, I'm afraid I'm homeless. Right. Uh, and um, so he comes back, and Wallace is like very quick. He's like, you can't have your job back, but you can come back as a salesperson. Right. So he like has this fallback. There's, there's something interesting about this. So this is about the time that Wallace calls Dwight in to give him the manager. Right. And so he comes in and you can see Andy in the background watching, seeing his career just. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, uh, the Jim and Dwight thing. This is the first episode in a while where Jim is really going out of his way to be a friend to Dwight, you know? So David brings Jim in to like check. Is it crazy to ask Dwight to be? It's like, no, he's great. It'll be great, but you should invest in more liability. Yeah. Yeah. And then even when Dwight is going through his acceptance of it, he, you know, he mentions his, 
intramanagerial time period where he accidentally shot off a gun <laughs> and tries to gloss over that quickly too. Yeah, I was like, what? What? Um, but it, it's a huge moment, you know, and he mm-hmm. kind of, uh, I think it's another callback specifically, but Dwight kind of acts very similarly to how he did with Michael and all the various promotions he received under Michael. Yeah. And, you know, it's his dream come true, right? And so got his black belt, becomes manager, you know, it's a great day. <laughs> I was, I gotta say, I was cracking up the whole times because he puts on that belt over his suit and then he has to like do the rest of the episode with that belt on over his suit. It's like too high. It's uh, it was great. Good job, Rain Wilson, and whatever producer's job it was to make sure they knew how high that belt was supposed to be each time. Right, and so yeah, and you know, obvious. So he, you know, offers Jim to be assistant regional manager, and he says he mm. kicks Clark back to the annex. Is like, like well, maybe in a few years we'll see if you're ready for the vault. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, right. So you know, kind of goes back. And, and don't, even Jim, like, there's like a playful hint that Dwight might get that promotion just before he does too, right? Right. Um, yeah, that's about it. And then Andy, you know, he's like, oh. Jim said, oh, it's he was talking to, um, Andy was talking to Jim. And Jim's like, look, I can't, I couldn't do 100% thing. And that's when Andy's like, I can't, I gotta have like a, I can't have a fallback. Right. You know, he talks about Cortez burning the ships and how it's yeah. a really dick move, but... Now he's got to be that dick to himself or something weird like that. Yeah. And I, and I almost forgot. I, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're saying what you're saying because then it reminds me it's terribly uncomfortable, Andy unwantingly groping Toby. I mean, it's got to be the most graphic television I've ever seen. And I watched Game of Thrones and stuff, you know, like it's terrible. I mean, Andy doesn't want to do it. And Toby is like saying no. And then the yeah. way it ends with Toby's like shame leg squinching over his. I mean, I feel like this episode should have been rated something higher. You know, <laughs> it should have aired after 10 o'clock. But. Right. And so he starts doing stuff to Wallace that eventually gets him fired. Yeah. Like um, he, well, a long string of expletives. Yeah. And then I mean, he takes a dump. Yeah. Poops on the hood of. Um, well, interestingly enough, the last conversation he has with an employee is Angela, you know? And um, it's after already, and he's leaving. He's done all of his bridge burning and stuff. Um, right, and Angel's like, you know, don't let pride ruin your life. You know, oh, maybe I misremember. Yeah, that's what makes him go back to me. Dude, but that's a that's good conversation. It is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he comes then, back upstairs. Right, and he sings his goodbye, and it's really pretty, and everyone's like, oh, I'm can do. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it, I'm going to give this episode a decently high rating when we get there. I feel like I'm going to do the same to the next episode. That being said, his awesome performance here is like ruined by his behavior in the next episode. Just going to a little inconsistent, you know, Um, yeah, he also defecates on the hood of David Wallace's new car is what the Wikipedia says. (laughs) All right, man. So what do you think? Uh, It's okay. Um, There's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's some good moments for sure. You know, the Dwight storyline is really good. Um, you know, you can feel because at the end of this, you know, uh, Angela breaks down. He's like, I love him. And Oscar's like, oh, I know I do. It's like, no, I love Dwight. And so there's all this building, them building together again, even though Esther is still a thing. Yeah. It, well, like I said, so I gave it a 2.75 out of five hip thrusting. Yeah. It really felt like it could have been 20 minutes. Like just cut out some stuff that you don't need and I don't know. I just don't for what it was. Uh, this is crazy, dude. 3.5. And then you get fired. 
Um, you know, I agree. It's it's too long, and there's a lot of uh, what Bruce Willis would call chuffa that could have got cut out a bit. And um, but at this point, three episodes from the end, it's like okay, fine. This whole season's been garbage. So now I'm just buying in. This is where our characters are. This is who they are. You know, let's wrap it up. And I feel like this episode does justice to a lot of like setting this forward. Also, with the crazy week of buying the house and whatnot, I'm I'm all. I'm just ready for happy endings here because uh, I've been stressed. So I, I surprisingly like this episode. So just a, a quick aside. Uh, have you seen the toys that made us on Netflix? I've seen some of it. Oh, they just rolled out a, uh, the same group of people just rolled out a movies that made us. Oh, okay. And the, the Die Hard is one of the first four ones that they did. And it's pretty, yeah. uh, actually watched that right for. All right. Good to know. So follow us on the uh, podcast next week <laughs> for the, mo- for the, for the documentaries that made us. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Season nine, episode two, A-A-R-A. Directed by David Rogers and written by Britt. This cold open is pretty good. So Dwight's first thing is creates, uh, like he, he installs a jewelry security door. Yep. And he emails codes out every morning to like get in. <laughs> and um, he talks about like, I didn't really realize it, but in codes, just missing my life. Yeah. And it's not the KG. Maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Of course he missed. So we see a funny bit of Kevin reading his code off of his arm, which took up his entire forearm. He like wrote it in magic marker. Um, but then Dwight shows up and he's a word off. Right. And he's wrong three times, which means he gets the steam. He's <laughs> just like, unless you want me to write protocol. No. And he's got this great line about, it's just harmless steam. I want to get harmful steam, but have you seen the prices? <laughs> the prices are sort of like, what the fuck is harmful steam? I don't know, but he but he does start freaking out. So yeah. is, that a, is that a joke about how the steam is just supposed to freak out those dummies but then it freaks him out so he's the dummy uh yeah or is or is hotter than he really right uh and then we see uh creed trying to run into the steam with some shirts it's been saving him a bunch of money right so we got a couple different things working here um so angel's living in oscar's closet and yep. they're, they're really doing this whole like parent thing yeah because uh you know what, what did oscar say like really saddle shoes with denim I'm going to call protective child service if you dress in it like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, Oscar says at the end of last episode, but he feels responsible for where Angela's at. So, uh, yeah, however he can, and it's impressive, but he's, he steps up quite a lot. Um, he's basically uh, Philip's gay dad. Right. Oh, funny. well, his other gay dad, because his first <laughs> dad is gay. But he's not actually, okay, okay, getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got the, uh, you know, the documentary's about to air. Jim is doing Jim thing, Dwight. Yeah, he's been hired as his like assistant to the regional manager position. Right. Uh, and we have this great, well, he's got a beanbag he throws at Jim. This is now on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, you know, there's a couple things going on here. Uh, Jim is continuing to do, you know, classic Jim things while being the assistant to the regional manager. Uh, but Pam is starting to question how happy Jim is, you know. 
it's like a question it seems like that the doc crew asks her during a talking head but the question becomes more burning when she sees daryl later in the episode, which is a surprise return uh, but we didn't know that. we didn't know it was a surprise daryl shows up he has brought back a truck that he used to move and his whole thing is he didn't want to say goodbye to anybody in the office so how does that go i, mean, I can see that i mean it's a dick move but you know, I could understand that. Just you know, goodbyes are hard. Yeah, you know, sometimes at the end of the show here, Daryl's interesting because, like, uh, he, I mean, he leaves Val, which is nuts, uh, because he seemed to really like her. But, he, like, as soon as he gets this Philly thing, he drops her. Um, he has a daughter who is in the area. Right. So, like, so like his, you know, he's, like, really, like, separating from himself. It's, it's interesting to see because, like, I wonder if they just forget that he's a family man. Right. Or if, like, they're just, they're doing a, a legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he in you know he could def you could definitely tell he doesn't want to understand how much he uh, has actually liked the place. But there's also some of the you know graduation goggles going on too. Right, right. Um, so that so that's I mean again some the number pops up. It's like 11 years that Daryl worked there apparently. Right. So it's a, it's a substantial amount of time. Um, so that's, yeah, that's Pam so, storyline. So Dwight doesn't want to have any nonsense. He's great yeah. for like X number of days since our last nonsense. Yeah. Uh, six. It was updated in the cold open too. Yeah. So they decide to have a uh, conference room meeting about how to avoid nonsense. Right. Uh, Jim is just hammering it up. He's like, he welcomes your agenda taking pleases him. Yeah. You know, it's not too dissimilar from Pam's version of the secret assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. It's very like parrot mouth PC. Right. Just say things louder. <laughs> and you talk about, you know, if you have a fax coming in, don't say Michael J. Fax for facts of the future. That is right. nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that leads Pam to like trying to like investigate if Jim's actually happy. The one storyline that doesn't quite overlap is Andy, who is right. auditioning for a program called America's Next Acapella Sensation. And uh, also Dwight is pro. Right, right. So so that's all the stuff that's going on in this episode. Um, okay, what's the shortest storyline here, if that's okay? Uh, I mean, kind of the Daryl thing, huh? Yeah, and it's so yeah, so Daryl gets caught by everybody because they're all down the warehouse doing the ARM challenge. The assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the assistant to the regional oh, manager. Oh, right. Sorry. Yep. An ARM patent or trademark pending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I mean, why is he even walking down there? He, he, at I this point, he's already been caught by Pam. Right. I, oh, because he was going to. He was taking those donuts to the warehouse guys oh, and yeah. say bye to him. That's right. Um, so he gets caught. Aaron really sticks it to him. Everybody's kind of mad at him, but Aaron really gives him the business. Right. And makes him go upstairs. Um, but really, just quick to touch on. So the conversation Daryl and Pam have, I mean, it's basically, and Daryl's kind of rude, I would say. But he's like really rubbing in Pam's face how surprised he is that Jim is happy, quote, unquote, you know. Like he doesn't believe it. And he's pretty sure like he's putting on a face for Pam. And this really kind of sends Pam down like a, a in a very suspicious place. Right. Um, so he goes upstairs and everybody uh, is debating as to what they want him to do as like mm-hmm. his goodbye thing. <laughs> Aaron's like, divide, uh, <laughs> we just divide Daryl's next 12 hours into 90 minute slots. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Um, but uh, eventually he's like, you guys just pick one and they do and it's dancing. Right. Uh, and yeah, they, they you know they shut all the blinds. They get some disco lights somehow. Yeah, uh, he very, gets a leather jacket. Re- it was reminiscent of uh, 
that YouTube that video shot. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Um, but they all have like a little choreographed dance. Daryl comes out with a weird leather jacket. Popping that collar, yo. Yeah. Uh, the only problem I had with this is that Stanley wanted to dance. You know, it's, I mean, I can't picture two characters who talked less than Stanley Errol. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Stanley had to be involved because just because he's antisocial doesn't mean he gets cut out of storylines, right? So, yeah. And so the documentary is airing today. So we get these nice talking heads of Meredith saying how she's been on her best year. Yeah. <laughs> It's so uh, Staley has had three affairs. They find his body. He like his wife did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that. Sorry, that's Daryl. He's gone. Okay, so Jim's doing the thing. I mean, Jim's just having a great time. Right. So he's decided that he can get Dwight to be to announce himself as the assistant to the assistant regional, the assistant to the assistant to the regional. Right. Right. So he designs various challenges that he knows ultimately Dwight will participate in in some way that everybody will not be able to do. Um, And the first one is really good. Uh, I forget what the word is, but uh, essentially uh, he feels that the assistant to the assistant to the regional manager should be able to be basically a mind reader. Right. So he challenges everybody to like guess what he's thinking, including what number. Meredith is way off. Um. I think it was a an animal. What's the opposite? Yep, seahorse, seahorse. Obviously, right. That's where it got like. Yeah. So Jim does this really. It's like improv-y thing, but I mean, I don't know how. It must have been scripted. Obviously, yeah, must have been scripted. But basically, Dwight says the thing, but Jim says it immediately after, making it seem as if they're saying it at the same time, which right. is the first seed of wow. Dwight and me are on the same wavelength. Uh, next up is uh, they have to deliver a coffee through a obstacle course. But really, it's just various high piles of paper and some upside down chairs. Well, it's like also I, got the uh, oh, the the tires. Oh, the tires. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I thought it would have been a little bit more maze like, but it was just like, don't trip on stuff. Right. It, you, you know, Phil starts doing. It, he's like, oh, the boss needs his coffee. He's like, right. He's like, oh god, oh, my skin, my skin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's just getting so much coffee on him, and he like when he does the tires, he's legitimately jumping. So literally. Half those cups of coffees are like all over his hands, um, but he does it in record time. And it's the, you know, Jim's like, I'm going to say something crazy, but none of these people can do it. And there's only one person who can. And Dwight's like, yeah, I'm way ahead of you. It's me. Uh, so that's great. Mission accomplished. Jim's cracking up and makes him a fancy crown, A-A-R-M on it. And, and there's a good bit where he's like, well, the regional manager bows to no one, <laughs> even though Dwight was previously bowing. So he does some type of weird, like, I don't know lunge what you'd call thing. that lunge thing. Yeah, it's very groiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of. <laughs> but well, it's like we actually get to see it a bit later yeah. with the yeah. whole Philip thing because um, Dwight thinks getting that, but Dwight thinks is certain that Philip is his kid. Right. And so he's like, I need you to uh, do experiments on a human child. And Jim's hands it back. He's like, I'm really busy, but my sister can do it for like the best. Or something. Yeah. And Dwight's like, yes, he is because he's the assistant. So yeah, essentially it's just a way for Jim not to have to do anything and make do it all. Right. Um, which, is, which is the real payoff of it. Um, yeah. Let's, let's jump to a moment. So Angela and Oscar are doing the parent thing. Um, Unfortunately, Philip had to be brought into work because uh, the daycare turns away the kid. She says her reputation like follows her 
I mean, so it sounds like it's not like a payment thing type of right. motion. Her station has dropped to such a, they won't even take her. So I'm guessing that like, it's some kind of like, it's a higher end daycare. Right. Where... The country club of daycares, basically. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Phillip's in and Philip ends up, uh, so there's two things happening with Philip. One, Kevin's very jealous of Philip because he's the baby of the accounting department. Right. Yeah. He just doesn't like all the attention he's getting. Philip, Philip, Philip. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts acting out in various ways. Um, but the other thing is Philip starts to showcase some behaviors that are recognizable as shrewd behavior. Um, you know, in the way that he takes the people, uh, they do this Dalai Lama test slash avatar thing with him where they put a check with a large amount of money on it and a beat and <laughs> has uh, Philip choose which one he's more interested in, picks the beat, Avs. Um, yeah, that so that's what starts to... Yeah, so that's what's the Starks stoke uh, Dwight's interest again in this possibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, so then what happens, Jacob? What happened? Oh, well, so after this, Angela, or he calls Angela like, look, I believe Philip is a shrewd and then tells him, well, fortune, the something of being raised in vigorous. Right, right. And all this stuff. And he's like, look, of course, you'll, we'll get married. You'll come with me. And like, this is sort of like a low key way of him trying to move in without having to do it. He loves her. Yeah, it's like the strong man's proposal. <laughs> right. And, you know, Angela is like, look, he's not your kid. Da 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 da. And, um because i maybe i just have to rewatch that episode because i forget there's some drama with the diaper right way back dwight steals philip's diaper and has it tested and it right. is he's the one who gets the information back or does angela get the info um i don't because but like apparently those dna tests are really okay so because i remember when we talked about this episode way back we were talking about how dwight might have grabbed the wrong diaper right or something. I mean, I forget where that diaper was being changed. I think it was in the office. So I don't know how many diapers were in that garbage. But uh, by the end of that episode, we understand that Philip is not his. Right. Even um, right. Um, yeah. So she says no. And then um, Jim and Dwight have a very good heart to heart. He's like, look, you know, it's all about love. Like, just go for that no matter what. And like, you've always loved her. It's always been her. Yeah. And uh you know, and Dwight's teary-eyed, Jim's teary-eyed. Jim's coming off of a very emotional part of his own story that we'll cover in a bit also. But uh, yeah, Dwight's like, okay, you're right. Now get out of my office or whatever. You know, it's pretty good. Get the hell and, out of here. Yeah. And he uh, yeah, pops in his car, puts on that cherry top. And I didn't, I've never realized it before, but I was like really watching this scene. It's like Dwight is so green screened into that car. Because obviously you can't have the star of your program driving a vehicle, looking the wrong way and yelling into a mic- megaphone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I was like, oh, he's really not in there. So like just had someone drive next to her and then they just put him in through the window. Um, anyway, so he like does this very dangerous move, cuts yeah, her cuts, off. Like, yeah. Straight up cuts her off off the, you know, yeah. portion of your side of the road. And yeah, she gets out to the like, microphone. The? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't care. You could have, I'll raise a hundred children from a hundred, but I love you. We spend yeah. too much time. So please stop using I was like, this is expressly how, this is expressly how loud how my love is. How loud my love is. Uh, yeah. You know, this moment's really beautiful and it like, feels like kind of like a nice relief because mm-hmm. they were the other couple that were destined to be together. But uh, it felt, it feels a little rushed, you know, um, because Angela wasn't doing a lot of pining for Dwight at the end of her relationship with Robert. 
Um, you start building, you know, when he goes out to them and helps out. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know. I thought it, I didn't think it felt. I thought it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a really nice moment. Um, right. Where... And it's, and one, one thing that really helps is how it's sort of juxtaposed just with uh the Pam and Jim so right. getting all those emotions flowing. Yeah, no, it's true. Um also Angela says Philip's not oh so Philip sorry. She says Philip is yours after the proposal because she didn't want Dwight to propose to her for only Philip. So you know it just confirms what they both want. Dwight is the dad. They are getting married. Mad tears on the side of Route 80, which is the highway I'm guessing that is. <laughs> it's probably not. Um, this this episode just ends up pretty nice overall, yeah. I think. I mean, honestly, if the show ended here, you know, it doesn't give a lot of closure, but I think it would have been a great place to end the yeah, show. Because, you know, the dance scene with Daryl is pretty nice. Yep. You know, Dwight and Angela... So, you know, Jim and Pam have been, Pam has been really uh, upset about the whole athlete. You know, he's like, she's like, you know, I don't know if I'm enough. For right, right. And so he he gets the crew to make him a short little montage. Yeah. Which seems like really fast. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's the same day. And I also think it's crazy because the people who edit that are like still editing the freaking show that they are still recording that is airing today, you know? It's yeah. like, a, I don't know. I'm just surprised that they could spare an editor for the hour it took them to pull all that crap together. Right. Um, Unless it was like a like a montage that was already in production for the document and they just I overlay mean, the music on That's it. the thing. It's this meta thing, right? Because by the end of this episode, what we hear are the actual first lines of the first episode. Right. So I think we're led to believe the office that we've watched is essentially the exact office that is being presented in the show, right? I mean, it doesn't, we don't know how, it doesn't seem like it's going to run for nine years. It seems like it's a shorter base thing because the season finale is only a couple months after the documentary aired. Right. So I'm curious, like, what ultimately was it? You know, like, how long mm. was it? Um, but anyways, I bring all that up because it's kind of inception here. Right. The editors edit a thing for <laughs> the show to be aired during the show that they just edited Anyways, yeah, so Jim gets this help. It's this nice montage of them basically from like, you know, basically season one through six or seven, like once yeah. they get married. Um, Set to of course. My, my wife looked to me when we were watching this and she's like, would you, like, wouldn't this be weird? And I think it's kind of awesome, really, because, you know, with our significant others, we have these moments that we remember. Um and, you know, you joke about it or you bring it up. I'll remember when X, Y, Z or whatever. So I think it's got to be kind of like nicely surprising to watch whatever this documentary is and like see those seeds of love blossoming in those little moments. Um, yeah, it's like a wedding video. Like you don't know what you missed until you missed it. Right. You get your wedding video. You watch it once every five years. You know, I still got four years before I watch mine. So. Yeah, it's a really great scene. And then we find so the, the, um, the little video in the teapot. Yeah. And you see him pull the note. Right. And Pam obviously notices it. And he's like, what's this? And he gives her the note. Yeah. And I think it was a really good, I think in some respects, it's good that they left the content unknown. Right. You know, because it creates this, you know, in your own head, what it said. Because apparently all the, like, all the love he's had for her contained in that note. Right. And, you know, that was seven years ago. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I think it's, it's the right thing to do. You know, it's the, the suitcase with the glowing contents and, in a freaking pulp fiction like right. we don't really need to know what it is we just need to know it's valuable right so yeah they did a, a great thing and it's pam feels totally fine and jim really sells it too during the uh talking heads you know some really good performances of his like him really wanting to share how he feels with pam mm. and upset that he hasn't been able to do it thus far you know um because he feels bad too right right he feels bad that she feels bad so uh yeah just well well performed well scripted, well shot, great, mm. great little bit. Uh, man, Andy, oh, oh yeah, there is Andy. I was going to say, like, I wonder how pissed off Esther's. Like, did, did like, how did Dwight just were done? Like, yeah, part. I mean, part of me feels like that must be kind of common. You know, like Esther and Dwight are actually connected, but they're also from a society where they know that kind of stuff gets traded off, like it's feudal. You know, so you know the the short-lived relationship she must be kind of used to yeah. uh andy's whole thing he's in line he uh is trying to get onto the show mark mcgrath of sugar ray shows up as the ryan seacrest type character who that was um yep we meet a woman named casey dean from cincinnati ohio uh well that's what this wiki page says is dean but it could be d um so they start to get chummy or whatever when she starts to try to like upstage him during his talking head Right. Not realizing what this is. Um, so they bond. Sugar Ray comes out and says, no more. Uh, no, not him. Some other producer comes out and right, says, no more auditions. Right, great thing about like, singing and physical challenges. And don't forget about that pesky mole. Yeah, which he wasn't supposed to talk about. Um, so when he finds out that he's not going to be allowed in, he, oh no, he starts to hear some of the backstories of the other contestants. You know, right. Like, it's yeah. like super heartwarming stuff. Like yeah. homeless mom of three, war veteran, yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. So he runs off and does a quick change to look like an old man. Right. Uh, and comes back. And then when like someone says they're not going to be taking it. Um, he basically bum rushes the entrance. Right. Uh, Casey here helps out by doing some interference. Um, it's fine. It's weird. It's a very prominent part in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, so he goes in, interrupts a young lady who I believe is someone who actually did well on one of these talent things. Um, let's see, supporting cast. Oh, here we go. Guest cast. What is this? Oh, Rachel Crow as Gabriella. I don't know. She won like, a, yeah, America's Got Talent or some crap like that. So she's just playing herself basically. Um, but she gets interrupted. Andy runs in and tries to perform. And he just performs the stupidest songs. Right, he does like yeah. the Cornell fight song. He does some other crazy right. song. Right, he's, he's old man. Is yeah. So oh, she it's did weird. well on the X Factor. X Factor. Yeah, I worked at an event where she was a special performer. I was like, I don't know who this is, and I've never watched that show. Never. She's done some like she's been on a couple of things. It was six episodes. Figure it out. Nineteen I mean, episodes. Adventure with Adventures Tip. It. Wow, things I've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine she is just like Clay Aiken or Kelly Clarkson or those people who randomly pop up. Every- I mean, Kelly Clarkson, I'm not trying to minimize her role right. in society, but Clay Aiken's garbage. <laughs> but yeah, the judges are Aaron Rodgers, Stainty Gold, and Clay Aiken, and they just lay in the, the end of suck, all this other stuff. And- yeah, and so it's just weird because he, it, I mean, you know, the hell is this dude's name ed helms is a legitimately talented musician i think right and uh that really shows in the previous episode where he does that sarah mclaughlin song Mm -hmm. so it's just weird i mean i think it's just playing back into andy's like stupidity right 
Because the thing, because the thing about Michael Scott and by extension David Brent was that those people are not talent. You know, Michael's not actually funny, and David Brent is has no entertaining bone in his body. So the fact that Andy actually has talent and then just continues to fail when he gets the opportunity is like weird. Right. Well, it kind of reminds me of Michael Scott in the way that you know Michael could be this just amazing person at times. Yeah, but his oh, he couldn't get out of his way long enough to actually do that. But yeah, well, because that's the thing, Michael. Michael's priorities were wrong, right? Michael was prioritizing like the fame and whatever, but he was so far from it. And when he like doesn't focus on that and is like, I love this person and I will dedicate myself to this person, that's when he becomes the best version of him, you know? Right. Um, Andy, on the other hand, has always been terrible with people, and that's not his thing. But he is a talented person who doesn't belong in an office. So it's weird that he's the one who follows this path, and he's the one who seems so incapable. Of- right. Well, you, you always see it with this stuff. Is like, yeah, he's but what he thinks he to do with that talent, like he always sings in a weird voice, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Right. Well, because if you recall, he was a very popular bartender in the film Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. And but you know, and when we see him reigned in, like he did really well in the play, right? Right. Right. Uh, so left to his own devices, he's going to self who he is. Yeah. I mean, so that I just, uh, you know, when you say it like that, I guess they kind of had that as a theme for him. It still feels weird sometimes, you know. But, yeah, but that's a theme you see all the time. You through walls. Right, right. Yeah. And well, so, yeah. And when he's not, tr- when he is just being himself, you know, when he was actually trying to be a good manager, he's just a manager. Right. Um, but, you know, the moment, you know, especially the boat, right? Like when that happens, something in him breaks. He goes from, you know, being able to maintain to an extent to not. Right. And, and I, I mean, that's, that's what I think has really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So bombs it, doesn't go well, uh, meets everybody back at Poor Richards where they are preparing to watch the first episode of the documentary. Angel and Dwight walk in, they're hand-holding. Dwight kisses Creed's forehead, uh, which is nice. Yeah, that table and that table. The floor is open. The floor is open. <laughs> Angel's, or Meredith's been hogging the can. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's nice, Jim and Pam. They're all square. Um, th- does Daryl show up for this? I forget if I recall him in the scene. Uh, I don't remember seeing but, no. but he did the dance, so that's that. Right. Um, yeah, and everybody's there. And it, you know, it's interesting because... Not everybody we are here with was there in the first episode, right? So right. Nelly's watching, Andy's watching, like they aren't part of the show for a long time. I mean, Andy shows up what? Season three. Beginning of season three. I mean, he's yeah. a long chunk of it. Uh, I know. But like, again, I don't know how this documentary is edited. And obviously, you know, they're not watching seasons, but it was two whole years before he shows up. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, and, and we're going. And I think that would have been a cool place to end it. I mean, I still like the finale fine. Uh, there's yeah. some great moments in it, but uh, yeah, this would have been a very British way to end the show, which I would have appreciated. Uh, so, what do you what do you give this episode? <laughs> yeah, you know, again, weird weekend. I've just I've been aside from being too long, I've really been enjoying them. So I'm gonna give this uh, a three point six. Uh, poops. That's it. That's what I got. Yeah, I like this episode. Lots of good like. It fitted, it ties up a lot. Like, yeah, there isn't a lot of open questions of who or will or whatever, which yeah. is something that you don't see too often. Normally, it's all these all these big questions, but they 
you know, this way they can have you see Dwight and yeah. being happy instead of just rolling into the sunset. Like yeah, this, this is very, and they lived happily ever after. Like, you don't have to see it. But you know, from this point on, everything's going to be great. You know. Right. Uh, so I give us a three point five out of five. Heyo. Heyo. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, guys, we got one episode left. Uh, we're going to do that. We're going to discuss internally within the Broken Jars production team and our producer and Chad over at uh, NBC Universal to you know come up with some lists. I guess is that what we talked about? Yeah, some kind of like top. Maybe we'll rank the seasons and other stuff like a top. Three. Yeah, yeah, you know, a couple couple of lists, some overall thoughts about the show. Um, we're gonna have some special guests, <coughs> Steve Carell. <coughs> um, not even. What if we just brought on Will Ferrell as our <laughs> as our representative of the office? Um, yeah, it should be it should be a good final episode. It's crazy. I mean, this is the longest running podcast I've ever been on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, what was it? Nine hundred episodes? Something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Test. Uh, yeah. As always, broken jars at XYZ jars broadcasting at gmail dot com. Blah, blah. Get all that stuff out of the way. Uh, you can find me at, at Jacob Ingles on Twitter. But yeah, I can't believe it's almost here. Yeah. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. If you if you're looking for a good Christmas stocking stuff, or just wait till we release the last episode, download all the MP3s, burn it onto a disc or seven, and uh, give it to your loved ones. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of content. I need to figure out how much content actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I go to our YouTube. We could uh, you know try to download those videos for you if you want to do something with that. Yeah, I'm stop them. <laughs> I'm just going to go bulk upload. Uh, there's, yeah, there's there's eight or so videos of. You know, all right, yeah. Uh, we will see you on the flippity. Hey guys. Bye.